people like games. What is up, people? It's Solo, and welcome back to another episode of Story Mode. For this one, I'm going to dive into the development history, challenges, and impact of the iconic game that many of us grew up playing, Spyro the Dragon. Developed by then little known Insomniac Games, this little purple dragon soared into the hearts of gamers worldwide, setting the stage for one of the more memorable series of all time. So without further ado, it's people like games, like, subscribe, etc. And let's get into it. The development of the original Spyro the Dragon game can be traced back to Insomniac Games, a studio founded by Ted Price in 1994. Initially, the team developed a first-person shooter game called Disruptor that was released in 1996 for the PlayStation. While the game received positive reviews, it wasn't particularly commercially successful. Insomniac Games needed a follow-up project to ensure the studio's survival. With the rising popularity of 3D platformers like Super Mario 64 and Crash Bandicoot, Insomniac saw an opportunity and decided to venture into the platformer genre. They wanted to create a game that would appeal to a wider audience, including younger players. In an interview with IGN, Andrew House, a marketing VP of Sony at the time, said that Spyro, in addition to Crash Bandicoot and a few others, were created specifically to compete with the younger demographic that was being captured by the Nintendo 64. Development for a game based around a dragon would begin at Insomniac in 1997, based on the suggestion of the game artist Craig Stilt. Dragons, they felt, were not only cool, but helped offer gameplay abilities that was unique in comparison to what was popular at the time. Mark Cerny, who was a producer of the game, wanted to create something that had a full panoramic 3D world, but where the primary focus of the game would be interaction with the enemies. He felt a game like that hadn't been done before and challenged the game's lead programmer, Alex Hastings, to make it happen, which, as you know, he managed to do. He also felt that coding the game specifically for the PlayStation was a big advantage because it allowed them to utilize level of detail rendering, LOD rendering. It is a method of rendering that was completely new at the time and hadn't been done before, but basically lets objects near a player be rendered in high detail, whereas distant ones were drawn as simple renders that would increase in details as you get closer. For the design and dialogue of the game, artist Charles Zimbias and writer Peter Kleiner collaborated to create the witty dragon with the unique style and world. Fun fact, originally Spiral was designed as a green dragon. However, the developers realized that he would blend in with the grassy environments, making it difficult for players to see him. They experimented with different colors and ultimately settled on purple, which made Spiral stand out more in the game world. They also had initially planned to name the dragon Pete, but decided against it due to fears of being sued by Disney for potential similarities with the Disney film Pete's Dragon. They also almost named him Pyro, but thought that was too mature, so added an S and thus Spyro was born. Another key element in the game's charm is its soundtrack, composed by Stuart Copeland, who is a former drummer of The Police. He meticulously crafted the music to match the mood and pacing of each level, creating a unique and atmospheric sound that complemented the game's vibrant world. He would actually play through each level while rec recording his gameplay. He would then watch the footage and compose music that matched the mood, rhythm, and pacing of each level. This technique contributed to the strong connection between the music and the game's environments. Then, a funny note with regards to Spyro's original voice actor, his name was Carlos Alzaraki, known for his work on Rocco's Modern Life and The Fairly Odd Parents. He voiced Spyro in the first game, but would later be replaced by Tom Kenny, 
who is actually the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants for the sequels. The game was first unveiled at the 1998 E3 convention, which would made that June, and then would go on to release in that same year on September 9th, 1998. It was extremely successful because two sequels would go on to be greenlit. The first one was Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage, known as Spyro 2, Gateway to Glimmer in Europe and Australia. That one was released a year after in 1999, again, by Insomniac Games. It's funny that all these games in the 90s were just really developed within a year and shot out because there's pretty big expansions to what core gameplays were offered. But I'm on a tangent and I'm going to go back and say, for the most part, they just expanded and refined what was in the first one, added a few more puzzles, same music from Stuart Copeland, and the game would be released and met with critical acclaim and commercial success upon its release again in 99. Then in just one year, the team would develop the third and final in the series. Spyro, Year of the Dragon, the third installment in the Spyro the Dragon series was released in 2000. The Insomniac Games team would again refine and expand the universe while actually introducing some new gameplay elements and characters. I don't really need to go in story because that doesn't really mention the actual creation of it, but it does center around the theft of dragon eggs by a mysterious character, and you get to use a few other people to be part of this extensive world. All of the games retain the hub structure that was actually borrowed from Super Mario 64, and uh, that marked the end of the trilogy being developed by Insomniac Games. After the original trilogy, Insomniac Games would move on to develop the Ratchet and Clank series, and the Spyro franchise would change hands to different developers. While some of the later Spyro games were not as well received as the original trilogy, that series would actually make a comeback with 2018 Spyro Reignited, a remastered collection of the original three. And so that's the story of Spyro the Dragon from its humble beginnings at Insomnia Games to its lasting impact on the gaming world. This beloved game has been a childhood classic for a lot of people who grew up in the 90s around PlayStation. People nowadays probably aren't as familiar with it because its popularity didn't really last uh, compared to its, say, Crash Bandicoot or somebody else, a Ratchet and Clank, but I guess it would release later. The point being, that's it. I hope you enjoyed. His people like games. I'm solo. Like, subscribe. Peace.